Thank you for joining us on a Morley podcast with Tony May. Morley podcast is purpose built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. And Morley podcast builds community so individuals can improve their community. Welcome to this week's Morley Podcast with Tony Main. Our goal here is to inject the wellness practices learned from service in the Ranger Regiment back into America. But it takes more than just Ranger Regiment and the lessons learned there. And we have a great guest today, Ms. Kimberly Moros, who will tell us all about what she has going on with Soldier Strong. We can't wait to get to Kim's part of the show. But first, we want to run over some events we have going on with Ranger for Life. First, our eight-week transition course is currently underway. We're halfway through our initial course ending on April 7th. But you can still register for upcoming courses this year, one a quarter, at rangerforlife.com backslash transition. These are purpose-built courses for our Army Rangers. Ending each of those courses is a LifeX networking event. Whether you are a ranger in transition or a ranger looking to pivot from your current civilian career, LifeX networking will introduce you to industry partners who want ranger talent. So please go ahead, go online, rangerforlife.com networking to learn more. And finally, we are excited on September 30th for Dale Murphy, the two-time National League MVP award winner, as well as Atlanta Brave Hall of Famer to come here to Columbus, Georgia and for a benefit for the Ranger Outreach Center. We couldn't be happier that St. Luke Church is our partner, and we couldn't be happier to host Dale for this great event on September 30th, the day before Mogadishu Mile here in Columbus, Georgia. And now introducing our guest, a dear friend, uh, a, a lady who has a lifetime of service um, to the to service to soldiers, uh, service members, a soft veteran who's worked at U.S. SOCOM, Miss Kimberly Moros. Kim, and it is hard to call you Kim. Welcome. <laughs> hey, to Tony, America. great to see you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I know your time is valuable, and I, I thank you for being here. You've been one of my mentors over the years, and really can look back at many of the things we've created at Ranger for Life based on conversations had with you. And the most important thing that you taught me was the value of relationships, moving slow with relationships, developing consensus. And and now you're with spending a great majority of your time with Soldier Strong. So 50,000 plus veteran service organizations, military service organizations across uh, the United States. What makes Soldiers Strong unique and different? Well, that's that's an easy that's an easy answer. And you're right. There are fifty thousand uh, plus veteran organizations, and it is challenging. But Soldiers Strong is the only five hundred one C three that is servicing the veterans that actually provides state the art technology for our service member for our veterans who um, have become injured. And we do that through three lines of efforts. We do that through our soldier suit. We do it through our virtual reality um, 
therapy, and we do it through our newest program, the iBot Wheelchair Donation Program. With the soldier suit and the virtual reality, we work directly with VAs across the country to help them get a soldier suit within the organization itself to welcome therapy. And then oftentimes we could get the soldier suit to individual veterans so they could actually have the soldier suit at their home. So no other organization is doing this. I mean, we are really changing the life for veterans and changing the lives of their families to make them more independent and to um, have a longer life of wellness. And I'd like to touch upon that after uh, a little bit, if you would just put a note to yourself about that, a longer life of wellness once we get closer, more into the conversation. But the exoskeleton essentially is a technology where with a particular spinal cord injury, okay? So you have to qualify to actually be in this soldier suit. It allows you to strap it on, it's battery operated, and um, people can actually learn to walk again which we all know that it's incredible and it changes people's lives. So um, we have a lot of work to do, but we know that it is changing lives. And we have 385,000 veterans across the country that actually have some type of spinal cord injury. That doesn't mean all of them would qualify for the exoskeleton, but we do know that we could serve many of them. So if I hear this right, as we kind of talk about that first pillar and this exoskeleton, like I am not a tech guy. I have no idea how it works. I'm just glad that it does. But you had mentioned, I think, something that's very important, a partnership with the VA. So it is every veteran that you help is part of that VA healthcare system, right? Is, yeah. is that kind of the requirement? Because I think that's very important for folks uh, to remember is that every veteran has the ability to be part of the VA healthcare system, even if it's only for five years for our GWAT folks. Right, so yes, we do try to target those veterans that use those services. However, the companies that do make the exoskeletons oftentimes refer us to a particular veteran who may need the extra help. From there, they may go, we may say, well, have you been to the Veteran Administration? If you, if you haven't, where are you located? And we know that that particular VA may have an exoskeleton. We only have 20 exoskeletons across the nation in VA, so there's a lot more work to be done. The good news is that we have one in Tampa where we have many of our wounded and injured who do go to the VA and and for the uh, for the healthcare there. Well, as a, a Haley VA alumnus of, of the PrEP <laughs> program there, I'm very yeah. grateful for that program. It's wonderful that, especially for the special, that the special operations community so near and dear to us that that opportunity is, is there. Let's talk now about, I think it was your second pillar, if I, if I heard you correctly, this virtual reality. I mean, Soldier Strong is, this is a tech-based what's almost next ridgeline, what's on the horizon type organization. Tell me about this virtual reality. Yeah, this is really, to me, this just really resonated with me, this program, we rolled it out. We actually rolled it out right before uh, COVID and we've done quite well with it um, because there is such a need for it. Um, we partner with two universities for this virtual reality um, behavioral health system. USC is the one that actually developed it through a PhD professor there and his student, uh, uh, Skip Rizzo. And it has been proven to be just phenomenal and the impact that, well, the effects you get for really high quality um, 
uh, therapy is very good. So we all know that the VA has lots of behavioral health therapies that one can offer. We also know that all do not work. It's not a cookie cutter approach. So one program may work for you. One program may work for me. So here's another option. Let's do this virtual reality program. So you, you put on the system. Obviously you don't do that first, but you're, you're with, you're with a therapist. You're, you're kind of sharing with him or her, you know, what are some of your struggles? And then we try to find the, the right scenario to put you into virtual reality. So in some aspects, it's, to me, it's almost like exposure therapy without the direct exposure. It's a virtual exposure. And we find that what we're finding the results and we continue to um, collect data on it is the, the therapy sessions are cut in half because we find that the return on investment and the effects that are, are that the service member, excuse me, the veteran that is achieving in this therapy is just a nice arch up. It's incredible. So we're finding that one, it's half the time and two, the younger generation, which is always the hardest generation to get the help when they need it. It's like, yeah, this is cool. Cause it's kind of like, you know, I played video games and I've, I've done the virtual thing at home. So let's just try it. And literally when one does this therapy, we had one uh, veteran who literally was on the ground rolling when he was going through his scenario, super impactful. And he, he has testimonies that had completely changed his life. And um, we, we think that has real potential, not only for um, to go further and, and to be planted in the VA, but also for different scenarios like military sexual trauma, also Vietnam veteran scenarios. We don't have a lot of um, uh, Vietnam type of scenarios, but we're always trying to raise money to get that too. So military sexual trauma, Vietnam veterans. And we also are seeing how we probably will reach out to first responders. So we do know that first responders also struggle with some behavioral health issues when they're in a particular scenario, um, real world scenario. So we want to make sure that they're also healed. And what a benefit of the military industrial complex, and then also community coming up with a solution idea concepts that can be propagated outward. I mean, that's that's what we think we're supposed to do for the military uh, as military members in in the first place. But you'd mentioned just that stigma. This is something that you're finding is breaking a stigma because it's in a form that the client feels comfortable with. Right. Yeah. It's really targeting the client, the needs of the client. And I think, you know, bottom line is, you know, I keep on driving home is not, it's never a cookie cutter um, problem solving, right? You have a recipe and you want to, I never follow a recipe because I want to make it different. So we know that all of us react differently. So I personally don't like as much sugar in my, in my cookies. So I add less cookies. I mean, less sugar. So let's, the bottom line is we just need to find ways to help people and that one, one road to recovery is, is not usually the way it is. So, so I want to go back. We talked about the kind of what, how soldier strong does and with, with technology, where did that concept come from in, in the forming of the organization? Was that, was that why soldier strong was 
founded at the idea that technology is a way to reach more. So how do we do it? And you decided on the nonprofit construct, the organization or has. Yeah, that's right. Interesting enough, this is really a great story. So Chris Meek is the founder. Chris Meek is the guy who lives in Connecticut. He works in New York on Wall Street, right? He was actually uh, at Ground Zero when the towers were hit. So he has his story of surviving that day. And um, there came a time where it was in 2009 where they saw a lot of Marines and a lot of army players in, in Iraq who were not logistically speaking, it was not a great time and space. Right. So he donated, I guess there's a tradition to donate socks for service members. And he collected all these socks, like 75,000 pounds of socks, baby wipes, um, sunscreen. I think those were the three top things. And this is where he got all the press of what he was doing for our, our great guys and women that were being deployed of the need. And from there, you know, obviously that got attention. So the military stepped it up to make sure that everyone had the right supplies for certain things. Cause obviously um, when a nonprofit's providing those things, they have to reevaluate. But from there, he saw that there were a lot of people returning from their deployments injured. And remember in 2009, 2010, we saw the effects of the earlier years of all those injuries. And we know our history tells us during that time that the attention that was needed on those wounded and injured were not quite there. Right. And that's obviously why one of the reasons why the care coalition was started at United States special operations command, because there needed to, we needed to fill gaps. So Chris decided to um, fill some gaps and, but he wanted to do something that was, that wasn't out there. And that's why he ended up doing soldier strong through the exoskeleton and um, technology. That's amazing. And you, you had mentioned um, you know, an organization that was trying to wrap their hands around uh, wounded, injured, and ill. And because of the that wicked problem of being a command that had um, every flavor of service in it, U.S. SOCOM, they needed to create that um, SOCOM Care Coalition, now known as uh, Special Operations Warrior Care Program, the Care Coalition. And you worked there for quite a long time, um, Kim, and the, the director of transition right mm -hmm. so standing up um or i don't know did you did you stand up the program or were you second for the for that program so you yeah, were for the transition program i actually was brought in to stand it up um so the the first director or excuse me the second director was kevin mcdonald um and he he had the concept of like we need to do something for a transition but he he was the director of the entire uh, care coalition. So he was, he didn't have the bandwidth to do that. So they wanted to bring someone on board who could just run with it. So he had a concept and he, you know, guided me through the concept. But one thing that he did is figure it out, see what we can do and let's get this moving. But a bottom line is we need to create relationships and a network with those organizations 
um, those private industries that could possibly want to bring our service members into their organization after they leave service. So one of the best um, positions I had when I have been in uniform and the wonderful thing that Kevin did was total autonomy. I mean, um, it was a little scary at first cause I didn't want to fail. And I knew I had to, you know, I wanted to serve others to make sure that we were setting them up for success. And it, it went, I mean, I thought it went off quite well for the first, um, five years, you know? And so what we end up with was so common. You're given a, a an idea it becomes a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. Then we see the army adapt a similar program exactly. and the Marine Corps. And then in 2019, National Defense Authorization Act, the creation of this DOD skill bridge program, how fulfilling, not that you'll take all credit for it. That's not who you are. Um, but how fulfilling is that to see now that every service member who served honorably for at least 180 days have access to a program that was initially just thought up for this small number of wounded, injured, and ill. Look, I think it's great. Um, funny thing is, is I, in some ways I was so naive because I just was trying to lean in and make sure our service members got the opportunities that they needed. And then when I had the Marine Corps come and spend the afternoon with me and I had to, they wanted to know what I was doing. And then when the Air Force came and asked me what I was doing, and when the Navy came and asked me what I was doing, I'm like, hmm, Oh, I see what they're trying to do. This is great. This is really good. Let's see if we could get this going. And also hiring our heroes out of the chamber also asked a lot of questions and they have a similar program. Mm -hmm. Look, I think it's great. I mean, I think that, um, but I also, I think it's great. I think that we have to be careful and not again, defining it as you have to go through A, B, and C in order to do D because everyone's transition is differently. So as long as it remains flexible and permeable for the service member as they transition, I think that's in the best interest for their future and their family. So, and, and how do you define that? And how do you do that? Do you have the right leaders in those programs to actually be cognizant of that? Exactly. Right. If everybody just gets to do a critical, an army critical skills program, right? The army yeah. executed part of DOD skill bridge now. Uh, it's going to get watered down for right. percentages versus effectiveness. Of, exactly. Uh, we, we are all not going all to AIT or command and staff college school. What we're doing is we're trying to shape our next journey outside of uniform. And it doesn't look like everyone else's. Exactly. So tell me then, soldier strong, board of directors, mm -hmm. vice chairwoman, mm -hmm. um, Tell us about your, what's your scope of, uh, of duties on a daily, weekly type of monthly basis? Like, are you, are you touching a little bit of everything from messaging, which is part of your professional background mm -hmm. to, to fundraising, to technology? Like how, how spread apart are you um, in, in the organization? Yeah. So that's, so we're small and we spend as when we get donations, we are, fully focus on not building a staff, but making sure that we can donate the exoskeleton, the next VA or to the next veteran. So that being said, we are, I'm doing everything with the founder and some other people that, that help us also. So one thing I really enjoy is the fundraising aspect of it. 
So, um, because you get to meet really interesting people and, you know, we're only, we're always six degrees separated and you always find that someone knows someone that knows someone knows someone. So that's really exciting. So I work, um, directly with our fundraising consultant when it comes to that. We have shifted how we do our fundraising of more intimate uh, type of fundraising events. And I think that's really important. And that's all about creating those relationships. Um, and people can actually have the conversation and hear the story that about Soldier Strong. I also work with another, we have some other consultants that we work and they are doing the messaging and I just touch base with them. They do a fabulous job with that anyway. So, but it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, I was super, I was very, very attracted to Soldier Strong when Chris Meek, the founder, he and I were in the George W. Bush Veteran Leadership Program together. And when I left uniform, he asked me to, if I would like to be be a board member. And I said yes right away because I knew that he was literally addressing again the space I came from, the wounded, ill and injured because we know that when those little those resources just to fill that gap that we think may not be such a big deal to change the life of the veteran and the family life and the children how they see their father or their mother as an injured um, person, this is what makes it worth every minute about serving those. So that's why I was really attracted to it. Um, it's you see direct impact, Tony. When they when when a service member gets that soldier shoot on, could walk across the Cubs field, Chicago Cubs field, and throw out the first pitch. Also known as Wrigley Field, but that's okay. Not yeah, that's right. <laughs> that well, that is great. And so, so you're addressing big picture images, but I want to go back to something that uh, we said we would talk about. Is you know, mm -hmm. you take care of that big picture, right? That big rock in someone's life, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how you can get to holism by maybe first addressing the big rock, which is which is their health. So, tell me a little bit more about addressing holism and holistic wellness. From a, you mean a soldier strong perspective or in just in general? And I think in general was, was what you wanted to speak about earlier. Yeah, I just think that maybe um, I think one of the things that I learned when I was working in the transition space and I still had not gone through a transition, I understood, clearly understood that well, I understood my target audience with where our special operators, a very unique group of um, gentlemen and some women. Um, I understood that we needed to dig deep and we needed to have very candid conversations of how they really saw who they were, where they were, and perhaps where they wanted to be. And I think that when you can have candid and honest conversations and develop those trusting relationships, you can actually get to the place where that individual wants to be. Um, I think that um, we're always so focused on what's in it for me 
because that's just, we're human beings. I think that it's all about when you leave service is like, what's the next job I need? What's the next job? And I found through many conversations of those people who have experienced transitioning that it's not all about you. And when you take it off about you, when you talk, when you, when you talk about that there's more to the world than just yourself, just like you believed when you were in uniform, then I think transition becomes that much easier for you, whatever, how that is defined. So I think with the soldier strong space, with those that suffer from physical elements, maybe some behavioral health elements, this helps me help them understand what we're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? It does. And so if somebody else wants to learn more about Soldier Strong or, or get involved, see the research, well, what, what's the best way for them to find out a little bit more? Yeah, please, please check out our website at soldierstrong.org. And we, like I said earlier in the podcast, we have really transformed in how we're trying to get the word out through more intimate conversations. If that's something that anyone is interested in hosting an event at their home or at their church, we would be more than happy to talk about that. Um, I think that when you see our work in action, having a service member take their next step, I it will you'll see that what we're doing has significant impact. Literally see a service member Literally. take their next step. Kim, it's been a blessing to have you on today. Thank you for making time in your schedule. I know you're going in a million directions for a million different people. So thank you so much once again for coming on more with the podcast. Oh, Tony, it's great to see you again. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. All right. Until next week, take time today to try to do something great for somebody else. Rangers lead the way. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony May, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMain.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.